Welcome to San Francisco City Insider, the San Francisco Chronicle podcast on the people and politics making headlines in the city by the bay. I'm Chronicle columnist Heather Knight, and I'm here today with a real San Francisco character, Stuart Sheffman, far better known as Broke Ass Stuart. He ran for mayor against Ed Lee four years ago, but isn't throwing his fedora in the ring to challenge Mayor London Breed in November. Instead, he's focused on keeping his website going when funding journalism is harder than ever and keeping his rent-controlled apartment since his landlord intends to sell the building. He's talking today about how San Francisco has changed since he moved here 17 years ago, tips for surviving here on the cheap, and, of course, where he goes for the city's best burrito. Listener note, I can't remember any guest before swearing on City Insider, but Brocast Stewart isn't any guest. This episode definitely is not kid-friendly. I'll be right back with Brocast Stewart. I'm Heather Knight, and I'm back with Brocast Stewart. So last time I interviewed you was four years ago when you were running against Mayor Ed Lee in his campaign for a second term, and your campaign slogan was, Go for Broke. I still have the poster you signed for Yay. me. <laughs> It'll be worsening when they assassinate me. So. <laughs> oh, no. Um, you said somebody had to run against him, and since nobody else did, you thought you should give it a try. Well, there's another mayor's race in November, and London Breed has no competition. Have you thought about it? No, the joke's not funny the second time. <laughs> um, I don't actually want to be in politics. I feel like I'm better served by like um, instigating and agitating on the sidelines. Yeah. Because then if you if, if you win, you have to be mayor. And that sounds <laughs> that terrible. Suck. Yeah, it sounds terrible. <laughs> what do you think of Mayor Breed's performance in office so far? I'm rooting for her. Um, you know, I'm rooting. I, I care about my city. Uh, so I'm rooting for anyone who wants to make it better. Um, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still pretty new. Yeah. Uh, she has a lot on her plate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't give you. I mean, I was, di- I was super disappointed with her in Prop C. Yeah. Uh, that was a big misstep, <laughs> yeah. Politically and uh, I think um, humanistically, yeah. But um, we'll see. What, you know, first of all, we'll see when we get that propsy money. I know could still be a few more years because it's Jeez. tied up in court. Not like we have a desperate need for it now or no, anything. Not at all. No. no. <laughs> um, and I reread the column on your quest for mayor in 2015, and here's an interesting statistic. Back then, the mayor made two hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars a year. And now the mayor makes $351,116 a year. Does she still have a roommate? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that's a very high raise in four years. Absolutely. Yeah. What would you do if you were making $351,000 a year? Um, you couldn't be called broke-ass Stewart anymore. I'd be willing to have that problem. <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to that issue. Um, you know, I, it's so funny. I'm so used to not having money that I, I don't know. I mean, I'd probably try to do good work with it and then like also just do good work like you know for other organizations but also Uh like be able to focus more and pay my people more and Mm -hmm. and do more of what I'm already doing Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and so your whole thing is about living on the cheap and telling other people how to do it too but it seems like that must be getting harder and harder in this super expensive city Um, how are you making it work yeah it's funny because I've been doing broadcast to work for like 15 years and it's changed and morphed a lot as, as I have also as a person. You know, what started off as like a zine that I sold from my backpack that was like, you know, cheap bars and restaurants and things to see and do uh, has become, you know, more of like times have changed, I have changed, and the world is insane. And so because I have this platform, I've also been using it to like really um, pursue things that are still important to people who don't have money, like things like social justice and like and use my platform as like a way to amplify voices that don't always get heard while also still telling dick jokes sometimes too, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> got to do that. Yeah, got to keep it interesting. Yeah. Um, you told me uh, before that you've never made more than $50,000 in a year. Is that still I think accurate? so. I think it's, yeah, I think it's probably still true. Yeah. Um, and how are you making it day to day now? Um, uh, well, luckily, I'm, I'm just bartending once a week now. Mm-hmm. We're doing broke ass tour full Which time. Which bar? Uh, it's at the Golden Gate Tap Room downtown. Okay. Um, Which just, night so people can find you? I don't know if I want them to find me. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I... Um, so otherwise, I do broke ass tour full time. It's pr- it's pretty cool, and it's we make money in a number of ways. Uh, one of them is through you know direct advertising. Like you know, let's say uh, a business wants to sell. Let's say the simply wants to sell tickets, and we, we help them sell tickets sometimes. So that's mm-hmm. one way. Another way is through um, products. We have cool you know like uh, a coupon book for cafes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, and then another one is um, through Patreon, which mm-hmm. has been the biggest change in what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, Patreon is a, is a platform where. Uh, People who like a creator can help support them. Five dollars a month, ten dollars a month, twenty dollars a month, whatever it is. And each uh, tier has a different uh, set of perks and prizes. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing in twenty-seven hundred dollars a month right now through Patreon, which is awesome because Brocast Tour costs over forty-five hundred dollars to run every month. Oh wow! Yeah, it's crazy. Are you bringing in enough to cover that? Some months. I mean, the thing is, like, you know, some months, the, like, you know, the, the products, you know, some months we make a lot, a lot more money, and some months we make zero money, mm-hmm. and so. The cool thing about Patreon is like at least we know we're gonna get that much money every month. Whereas mm-hmm. before that, I was like, I don't know, there'll be zero dollars this month, but next month there'll be twenty. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I mean, but it's. I, I think the future of like, um, you know, things like journalism. I think the future of like a lot of the creative spaces where um, people there's not the mechanism of making money is broken. Yeah, uh, we're gonna start relying on things more like this. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, it's uh, Patreon backslash Brocast Stewart. <laughs> I was gonna have you do a plug. That's All good. right. <laughs> uh, on the housing front, um, are you still in the same Selma apartment? I am. I'm in the same place. Uh, I've been there for over seven years. Mm-hmm. I've got great rent control. I've got a great landlord. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, my landlord is thinking about selling the building, oh, no. which makes me nervous because it's a three-unit building. Uh, so that puts me in uh, who knows what will happen. Yeah. Um, he's My landlord's a good dude. He's not going to try to evict us, but whoever buys it might try to evict us, mm-hmm. which would be a damn shame because we're like people who should be in the city. We're like mm-hmm. a building of like queer artists and, you know, Bartenders and nonprofit workers, mm-hmm. and you know, people doing cool things. Mm-hmm. So it'd be a real loss to the city, I think, and also a loss to me because I wouldn't have a place to live. Yeah. But uh, also, like, I, I just, to be honest, I wouldn't want to be the person who tries to evict me. Mm-hmm. Is that could make it difficult for them? Because you're gonna fight back. Fuck like a motherfucker, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I and I know how to fight back. Not only do I have the resources and 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 know the people, but also have the voice mm-hmm. and the ability to. You know, if whoever evicts me for the rest of their life, the first thing that they, when someone Googles their name is going to come up, evicts queer artists and nonprofit workers. Mm-hmm. And broke ass Stewart. And broke ass Stewart, exactly. I mean, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are your tips for other people wanting to live in the city who can't afford? I looked it up. Average apartment rent these days, $3,600. Median house price, $1.7 million. Um, what Mary you- Rich. <laughs> Mary Rich. Uh, I, I don't know, to be honest. This is not the city that, you know, when I started doing Broke Ass Stewart, it's, it's a very different city. And um, the only reason I can be here is because I've, I've been here. Mm-hmm. And I, I've got a network here and I've got rent control. Um, if I was like, you know, 21 years old coming to the city now, I'd probably go to Oakland yeah. or someplace else. This isn't a city that's friendly to young people who uh, don't come from means. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think the people that are here that are broke or have been here for a while and have access. And, uh, you know, a big part of why I'm here still is, uh, well, I've got a really great life here, mm-hmm. you know. And part of that's my network. Part of it's uh, the work that I put in to, to give love to the city and get city love back from the mm-hmm. city. Um, but, um, 
yeah, it's a, it's a weird place. There's still some some cool cheap things, but you really have to look for them. Yeah, you know, it's it's a shame what's happened in the city. Yeah. Um, do you think it's uh, harming the city and its character that young people can't just move here? Like I remember, I came when I was 22 and got an internship at the Chronicle and was able to find a super cheap apartment in the Inner Sunset on Craigslist, and it happened pretty easily. And it was like five or six hundred dollars a month. And I just don't know how people are even beginning to do that now. I think it's totally harmful for the city because it's becoming more homogenized. Not even not not just uh, ethnically, and that's a little bit that's true too. But like also like like ideologically and um, in terms of people, mm-hmm. um, you have. I mean, you know, when I moved here in two thousand two, you just moved here because you wanted to be in San Francisco. It wasn't for a job, and you you got a lot of people who come here. And there's nothing wrong with going to a city that's great for a good job, but but it's what do you do in that city, and are you part of that city? You, if you just take an Uber to work every day, and then you work and you eat at work. And you take an Uber home, you're never in San Francisco. You're just in work, work Francisco. You know, like <laughs> work Francisco. And and like you you go out. You don't spend money locally. You you don't interact with anybody who's not in your workplace or mm-hmm. in your same industry. What life do you have? It's not. I mean, and the problem is a lot of those people purposely they, they don't invest in their time and energy into San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's a place to make their nut for five out for five years and move someplace else. Yeah, especially when they have kids. Yeah. Um. On a more fun subject, food. <laughs> yes, um, I like it. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> what are your tips for finding cheap eats these days? Favorite spots, favorite dishes, um, I, recommendations? I was just actually uh, went to Pacuan on 16th Street the other night, and it's still so good and it's so affordable. I love that. And it's BYOB because they're uh, they're Pakistani, they're they're Muslim, so they don't sell alcohol. So you uh-huh. can just bring your own alcohol in, uh-huh. and you, you bring your own beer. You have some naan and some chicken tikka masala and some sog paneer it's so good and it costs you like nothing yeah and there's still some great like you know uh vietnamese places in the tl um there's still great stuff if you can find it it's just harder to find mm-hmm. um we did an article i think well, we do lots of articles where it's like top five cheap places under five dollars there's still some of those out there you mm-hmm. know it might just be like a taco and a half for five dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like back in the day we we're like you know a burrito you get a whole burrito for 650 and like eat it for two meals yeah and favorite bars Oh, there's so many. Um, I when I go out, I spend a lot of time in North Beach because mm-hmm. like those are, like the cool, weird artsy bars, just to, like Specs and mm-hmm. Vesuvio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I go to Columbus Cafe because unfortunately I know the bartenders everywhere, which is a blessing <laughs> and a curse. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of good bars. I go to the Wooden Nickel. Uh-huh. Uh, my old roommate owns it, and it's a, it's a cool little neighborhood bar in the Mission. They have uh, awesome Taco Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite holidays. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know where else. I'm not been going. I'm getting older. Yeah, how old are you now? I, I'm 75. You so look great. I, I use skin cream. It's nice. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm 38 and a half. Uh, I'll be. My four. kids add the half. I never knew adults did that. I'm kind of childish. It's, <laughs> it's all right. Uh, I'm almost 40, and uh, I just don't have the constitution that I had, you know, to keep going oh, out I all know. the time. You know, it affects you way more than the next oh, it's morning. Oh, brutal. Than what did we do? We were out. Um, I don't even remember where we were. That's probably the reason. Uh, <laughs> oh no, we had this long, crazy night, and then we ended up at someone else's like after party. And I didn't get home till three in the morning, mm-hmm. or after that, I was in bed till like five the next day. <laughs> it hurts. Funny. It does. So, what are your overall thoughts on? You've been in the city about seventeen years, mm-hmm. right? Um, thoughts on San Francisco? Do you still love it as much as you did when you moved here, or is it a has it taken a turn for the worse? It's like an abusive relationship. Yeah, you know, it's like I. I uh, I don't always necessarily. Uh, I'm not getting back always what I'm putting in, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it's hurtful sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've got a complicated relationship with San Francisco. Yeah. I don't think that it's, it's, I don't think it will ever be the place that it was. And, and, and obviously that's like a, like a on the nose kind of thing is literally things change constantly. <laughs> right. But like, um, San Francisco, New York, LA for now might work, but, uh, you know, but these places where like, like traditionally, um, underground culture mm-hmm. and, uh, emerging art and things like that came from, aren't going to come from there anymore. Mm-hmm. The Grateful Dead's never coming from San Francisco again. Patti Smith's never coming from New York again because these things are unaffordable and you need space and, and affordability to create and make dope things. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the things that I do love about the Bay is, um, our progressive politics and our, our strive for social justice. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, I love Bay Area values mm-hmm. um, when they're actually lived and not just paid lip service to. Yeah. You know, I think that, I mean, we need to, I mean, there's a lot to say there, but. Um, well, we have time. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Where do I begin? Wow. I've been thinking a lot lately about how we're billed as a progressive liberal city, but um, walking the streets and seeing all this human misery that we don't do much about kind of yeah. shows that that's not necessarily accurate. Well, it's a complicated question. I, I always love it when I see uh, people, like the shitty people on um, the on, like comment sections, like, you see, it's the liberal hellhole San Francisco. That's your problem. Your, your, your <laughs> shit is making everybody homeless. It's like, actually, we're inheriting your homeless people. It's it's the shitty decisions federally, state-wise, and other localities that, like, that because that, we do have services, that's mm-hmm. what's happening. It's, it's actually, so it's not our policies creating homelessness. Our, we are the only policies that are actually helping fight it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we don't have, it's just such a grand scale of, of misery mm-hmm. that it's hard to really combat. I mean, I think we were talking before this, there was this article um, in the Huffington Post recently that really broke down how, you know, this has been going on for 40 years. And, and I, I said earlier, uh, wealth doesn't trickle down, but poverty does trickle down. By defunding HUD, by defunding a lot of services for people who, you know, mental health services and whatnot, um, there's no safe, there's no social safety net anymore. Mm-hmm. Not that there really was a huge one. This, we've never been like a Scandinavian country that like really takes care of people. But the right has been picking away at it for years. And then on top of that, with them picking away at uh, labor unions for the past 40 years since Ronald Reagan broke the the strike of the uh, air traffic controllers, there's nobody to look out for us anymore because the government's not doing it. Mm-hmm. And so um, this is what happens. So you have a, an area that's, I mean... The, the housing crisis isn't just San Francisco. It's not just the Bay Area. It's happening all over. It's happening in Seattle and in Portland and in New York and in Connecticut. And, you know, and so uh, people have no place to go. And mm-hmm. so it's not our issue. We, we, we just happen to have hearts mm-hmm. and minds and, want, and, and care about people. Unfortunately, it's overwhelming for us because we're dealing with a national-sized problem on a local-sized budget. Yeah. Well, we do have hearts, but um, it seems like in San Francisco these days when a homeless shelter or a navigation center or affordable housing is proposed near these so-called progressive people, they suddenly don't want to help and turn out in droves to yell about how our neighborhood isn't the right place for it. This keeps happening again and again, and hardly anything's getting built that would actually help. Yeah, fuck those people. (laughs) We're going to need an explicit warning. (laughs) Yeah, probably. Well, here's the thing. You don't get to have a sign in your window that says Black Lives Matter, women rights are human rights, science is, is real, water is sacred. You don't get to have that sign in your window if you don't live those values. So if you think black lives matter, then you should support having a navigation center in your neighborhood because black people are disproportionately homeless. Mm-hmm. If you think that women's rights are human rights, you should want a navigation center in your neighborhood because women are preyed upon on the street. Mm-hmm. These are these are no nonsense things. But it's, So having a sign and, and, and professing something is not enough. Right. You need to be about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an issue more and more so here. You have people who like – you know, they, they, they vote for Democrats. I voted for Hillary. That, mm-hmm. That's not good enough. No. You know, you need to do, first of all, are you involved locally, politically, but also do you, what do you do and mm-hmm. what do you believe? Mm-hmm. Uh, that thing on the, on the Embarcadero was a joke, mm-hmm. you know, or like, but it's not just that. When I remember uh, they were proposing um, 100% affordable housing and I want to say maybe it was like 
Forest Hills. Is that what yeah, it was? Yeah, it was. And it was 100% affordable housing. Um, and they fought it and they beat it. Yeah. And, and they, they're because they, they didn't want possible like formerly homeless people. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. And the people are homeless. I'd rather have them taken care of inside than on my sidewalk outside. Yep. I live in Soma. I live in the Soma Mission border. Um, when Mayor Lee uh, threw a party for the NFL, uh, 75 miles away from the actual Super Bowl, and, and it was downtown San Francisco, they pushed all of the homeless people in downtown, pretty much that side of Van Ness, to my neighborhood. I had a mile-long block of tents. Sorry, a mile-long string of tents mm-hmm. underneath the freeway over there. And, um, you know... This is that's my neighborhood, I'm, and I'd rather once again have people. I, I put a navigation center next to my house. Mm-hmm. It'll get people off the street and inside. The navigation center has something like a, what was it? I think a seventy-five percent um, matriculation rate. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah, where they, I think or maybe it was sixty-five percent, but uh, I don't got any numbers in front of me. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's it's fairly successful with getting people permanently off the streets and into supportive housing, and ultimately into uh, permanent housing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it needs to scale up to, to deal with the level of homelessness that we have. Yeah, for sure. Since you mentioned uh, the presidential race last time, do you have a favorite for next year? Oh, goodness. Uh, Donald Trump, obviously. <laughs> you guys uh, seem real simpatico. Oh, God damn. I stopped following him on Twitter because it was just so f- maddening. It was like ruining my day. Yeah. Um, Raising your blood pressure. Yeah. I've, um, I've been reading a lot about fascism lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great writer, Ken uh, Follett. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Follet. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's got... He's, he's, this historical fiction all about, um, you know, I think it's called the Century Trilogy. One's about the World War One, one's about World War Two, one's about uh, 60s through the 80s. And I was just starting on the third book. But really, like, reading about, like, the rise of fascism. And it's just, like, it's happening here. Like, you know, people are, are allowing it because it's, it's, it's like, um, it's easy when you can watch the Kardashians on your couch not to get involved with things, that you know, <laughs> that are important, you know, when you mm-hmm. can tune off, you know. Uh, but uh, it's really happening here, and it's frightening. And our... People in charge aren't doing anything to stop it, mm-hmm. and they don't have any backbones. And I guess we, I can go on that tip forever. But uh, back to who I'm endorsing. Um, I like Bernie. Mm-hmm. I like Elizabeth Warren. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're the. I, I'm a democratic socialist, mm-hmm. so I want left things that will get people, you know, off their feet and, and help us all raise up instead of just the rich getting richer. Mm-hmm. So um, a lot of the middle of the road candidates, I think, are garbage. Mm. I'm sure they're nice human beings, mm-hmm. but I don't think they have any. Like, it's not gonna running another Hillary Clinton is not gonna win. You know, Joe Biden's another Hillary Clinton. That's not going to win. Mm-hmm. We need to actually address people's concerns and, and set them up to actually succeed instead of when continuing to help Wall Street get richer and help the rich get richer. Great. Well, we've survived these serious questions. Now <laughs> it's time for the famous lightning round. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> A lot of politicians have found this the hardest part of being on the podcast, but I think you will do fine. <laughs> what is your favorite place in San Francisco to get a burrito? Those fighting words. You know that, right? I'm going to get stabbed if I don't say the right thing. Um, gosh, that's hard. Um, I like to, I mean, what's open late? Fair, I've had a long love affair with El Farlito. Uh-huh. That's a good one. Uh, El Fartolato. Um, It's great. Um, I like, um, what's it called? Uh, different different <laughs> <laughs> The producer's laughing over there. <laughs> um, What's it called? Uh, Taqueria de los Quijotes. Uh-huh. Uh, they do like, uh, I grew up in San Diego, and so they do like kind of some more San Diego style burritos sometimes. They like a California burrito. Um, they do a chips burrito, which is it's like instead of, because I, I didn't grow up with rice and beans in my burritos, so I still don't mm. really like them. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, the, um, the wooden nickel I mentioned earlier, they, yeah. have, they do San Diego style Mexican food. So oh. they've got taquitos and like, um, you know, 
California burritos that are really, really good. So I highly recommend that. Nice. What is your favorite movie filmed in San Francisco? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's so tough. I like how you can talk about fascism for ages, but exactly. movies or burritos are I know, hard I know. subjects. Well, this is more dangerous to say, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm not worried about fascism in this city as much. Um, well, it depends actually on the day. Um, uh, you know, what's funny is recently I was watching, um, I rewatched, uh, my, my girlfriend had never seen How, how I, what is it? Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, yes. I think. And I, I think I was watching that. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yeah, so I, mar- yeah, so I Married an Axe Murderer. And I go back and watch it. Mike Myers is a professional poet <laughs> <laughs> who just does one poem a night, like, like once a week or and something lives like in that. The city. Yeah, See, it has yeah, changed. Yeah. I mean, granted, that movie was made before the first tech boom, but even then. <laughs> it was a little dubious. You couldn't pay your rent on like one, <laughs> one poem. poem. Whoa, man. <laughs> she took my heart. <laughs> and my cat. <laughs> uh, that's a great one. Um, that is my favorite. Yeah, that might be mine. Um, what, what's what's recent? Is there any recent ones? You know, I just rewatched. Um, oh, I just watched the new Tales of the City. Mm-hmm. Oh, I still haven't seen that. Uh, it's good. I cried a little, of course. Oh. I cried at the beginning and at the end. Yeah. Well, you know, was, I think for a lot of us who've been here for a while, it was like it was this weird thing where it was um, reminded us of this, the place that we fell in love with mm-hmm. in like a transposed version. Mm-hmm. So we still had like the, the the emotions of like. Although most nobody I know, I mean, I take that. There's plenty of people I know who actually were here in the '70s, mm-hmm. but like not of my peers because we weren't born yet, you know. But um, those of us who did come across it later on, we still felt like that there was, that spirit of San Francisco was alive when yeah. we fell in love with the city. Yeah. We sort of covered this already, but I'll give you the opportunity to ask <laughs> another lightning round favorite. What is your favorite place in the city to get a stiff drink? Ooh, any place where they buy me drinks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like I said the Wooden Nickel is a great spot. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Specs, Vesuvio. It... it I go through phases. There's, I, I don't actually drink cocktails. I mean, I drink. I'm a very simple drinker. I like Jameson shots and I like vodka soda lemon. Okay. Um, so, and I've got a lot to say about cocktail culture. Actually, my my thing is this: like, I, I'm all about a good co- a good cocktail, but like that's for like Sunday through Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Don't go to a because like it slows the service down. Yeah. So it's like if you want a fancy cocktail, don't get mad with the line is long mm-hmm. when you're waiting on Friday and Saturday night if you're still going to order a fancy cocktail because mm-hmm. you're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. There should be two lines. There should be the fancy cocktail line where they shake things. Yeah. There should be the shot and a beer and, a, and like a vodka soda line. That's good that, It makes things much faster. Let's propose that at City Hall. Yes, yes. When you're yes. mayor, that can be your first. Do you think the moderates <laughs> and the, and the uh, progressives will agree on that? I don't know. They don't agree on anything, <laughs> so probably not. Um, what is the weirdest thing you've ever done for money? Oh, we're, getting, we're going there now, huh? <laughs> If you um, want to answer it. Um, I, actually, I've got a funny story. I just told this story uh, last night. Do you, do you remember Mrs. Dusen? Yes, the hat lady. Yeah. So Mrs. Dusen was 300 years old. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> and, and she gives, gives zero fucks, right? Mm-hmm. And she had the hat store in Fillmore Street where Willie Brown would buy his hats. And when I first moved to the city, I think, maybe the second summer I was here, I worked for her for the Fillmore Jazz Festival. And uh, I wore this Kangol hat. And um, I saw her just, she made these two cops almost cry. Like, she was a tough lady. She basically said, you know who the fuck you're talking to? I'm going to call Willie Brown right now. And you, the two of you will be writing tickets for the rest of your life. Get the fuck out of my face. And they were shaking. And they, was, they literally walked away. Wow. And so um, I went back on Monday, like, kind of terrified. They'd be like, you know, so do, do, I, do I still have a job here? You know, and she goes, oh, no, baby, you don't work here anymore. But you can keep the hat I gave you. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I read this this article with her when she passed away a few years ago. And uh, she said, I think, um, how come all these assholes get to live and I got to die? Oh. 
She was a character. I mean, that's what I've had so many weird jobs. I worked in the library in college. I've lots of bars and restaurants, mm-hmm. um, cafes. Uh, my first job was roundtable pizza. Okay. When I was fifteen, I didn't last very long. Delivery. Uh, no, I couldn't drive yet. I was just making pizzas uh-huh. poorly. <laughs> but the best job I ever had, probably, and this is uh, even better than working for myself, the best job I ever had was scooping ice cream at Baskin Robbins in high school. It was the best job ever. Oh, nice. Salesforce Tower, love it or hate it? You mean the butt plug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. It is what it is. It's like, no strong feelings. You know, it's it's not a pretty building. It's It's super phallic, but I mean... What isn't, yeah. you know? Um, I think that, oh, I've had this lightning round, huh? <laughs> you don't want me to opine. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, when you host a first-time visitor to San Francisco, where do you take them? Depends on who they are and how weird they want to get. Um, you know, I often like, yeah, I'll take them to North Beach, and we'll, you know, crawl through North Beach, and especially if it's nighttime, or we'll go to City Lights in the daytime, mm-hmm. get a book, and then go to, you know, some of the bars. Uh, make sure people get a burrito. If it's mm-hmm. a nice day, we go to Dolores Park for mm-hmm. sure. If it's a really hot day, I told them they're in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll go out to the beach. Yeah. I've only been to the beach like a handful of times in my life here because, uh, you know, it's far from where yeah. I live. And also it's just like, uh, it doesn't get hot that often. Yeah. Oh, but now it does actually. Now it's getting hotter. And it will continue to do yes. so. What's something you always make sure to squeeze into your busy day? Um, I allow myself one hour of Netflix in the morning. Oh, in the morning. In the morning. I get up and like, I kind of like like uh, luxuriously greet the day. Nice. Because like, you know, it takes me like an, an hour to like really come to full awakeness anyway. So like I watch um, stuff on Netflix or whatever it is, Hulu mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Cool. It's, I mean, and also I try, I read every night before I go to sleep. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you for coming on City Insider. It was fun to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Um, anything, can I plug things? Of course. Plug away. All right. So I, I mentioned this earlier, but... um. Check out my Patreon. It's a great way to help support the work that we do in BrokeAssTour.com um, because we are it, we're in this weird space. We're one of the few independent um, media sites left in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and uh, we have zero funding other than um, you know people like you and the people who are advertisers. So yeah, uh, it's called Patreon. Uh, backslash broadcast Stewart. Also, if you're a rich person who wants to buy my building and wants to keep <laughs> me in there, you should holler at me too because I don't want to leave. I can't afford to leave my place. Um, yeah, I'm Broke Ass Stewart. You can find me on all the internet places. And thank you very much. Great. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you to Stuart Schuffman for appearing on today's episode, to Libby Coleman for producing it, and to you for listening. San Francisco City Insider is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief, and Dominic Fercasa is this podcast's producer. If you like this show, please subscribe and give us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. Support San Francisco City Insider and a lot of great journalism with a print or digital subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.